0: Welcome to the Black Hereford Chronicles with Jen Hill. Here we discuss all things Black Hereford. Join me for in depth conversations and insightful interviews relevant to your Black Hereford operation. Seven years ago, Black Hereford breeder Don Harden noticed a strange loss in his calves, calves that just seemed to fail to thrive for no obvious reason, out of the same mothers. He noticed a difference in appearance, but wasn't sure what it meant. For many years, Hereford and Black Hereford breeders had noticed similar deaths, but chalked it up to one of those unexplainable things that happen with livestock. But not Don. Like a complicated puzzle, Don knew that he had to figure this out. And that's exactly what he did when he discovered the existence of a little known disease with a big impact across multiple breeds of cattle. It's an incredibly interesting story, and I'm thrilled that Don was willing to come visit and share it with us. Let's get started. I have Don Harden here with me today, and I am just really excited for the story that he's got for us. I think it's something. That everyone, whether they are a Black Hereford breeder, a Hereford breeder, or just in the cattle industry at all, is going to find super interesting. It's got all those elements of mystery, and you know Don certainly is a guy that wants to dig in and find answers, and and he did that. So I'm going to start out by just asking you to introduce yourself, kind of tell me how you got into the business and kind of what you do, where you where you came to this story from.
1: Well, thanks, Jen. Um, I'm glad to be a part of your Black Purford Chronicles. I think it's a pretty cool thing that you're doing. Um, and I just hope today's uh, recording will be uh, encouraging for folks, uh, educational at the same time. And of course, I'm always glad to talk about this. Uh, as, as you know, it was a pretty long journey. Um, my family, we are city slickers that moved from the city. This is our 20th year on the farm. So um, <clears throat> we started off with the dairy of, of all, you know, learning curves, right? It's like, I went deep, I went for it all. Uh, we lasted about three and a half years and I, I got tired. I, I, can't even imagine. I can't even imagine doing dairy. What you know, my pet tells me is that uh, dairy people are the best um, cattle uh, caretakers because they're a more fragile breed. So I guess mm-hmm. I, I kind of got deep in and learned, learned the hard way there. But, uh, yes, we've been out here 20 years. We did move back to town. We've seen lots of folks come out, tried a few years and move back. But um, I drugged my wife out here, and luckily she was uh, – willing to come. But if you asked her now, I don't think she would go back. <laughs> so, but we have four kids, um, <clears throat> of which the last one is just about done with college. So those guys, those guys really helped uh, helped us build this farm because there was nothing here but last year. So uh, lots of sweat and hard work. And and uh, uh, but anyway, that's kind of how we got here city slickers that, that moved to the country.
0: Well, the dairy thing explains
1: your grit, because you've got to have grit. (laughs) You either have to have grit or you have to have a low IQ, I'm not sure, to try to do (laughs) the two ways that I did. So
0: uh, when did you get into Black Herefords
1: then? Well, so the Black Herefords, um, so my oldest boy, uh, we got into the shorthorns a couple couple years, because I really like the shorthorn breed, even though it's kind of a tough breed and and uh, it has its calving challenges. But my my oldest boy, uh, who's my right hand for all those years growing up, uh, he loved black and he loved white face. And so we were sitting there talking one day and he just called it Black herfords. I wonder if there's a Black herford out there. So we uh, Googled that and uh, found a breeder not too far away and went to take a look bought six cows and a bull and uh we were in the hereford business just as i was you know you try to keep your kids interested in what you're doing yeah and uh, so if that's kind of what was his pull i said well let's give that a try um so and now here i am i'm selling off my short horns the bulls are gone i'm going to become a 100 black herford breeder here as i kind of transition but it's taken me a few years to think through that
0: well, I get it. we We still keep a foot in the Angus world. you know yeah. it's, it's nice to have some some diversity.
1: Well, you know what you learn from having more than one breed. Yeah, absolutely' there are strengths and weaknesses, and then you're like, well, if we can do it over here, then why not over here? And so they kind of push each breed to get better based on you know what they're better at than the breeds you got. So yeah, it is kind of educational.
0: Well, then every time I have to run a crazy Angus cow through the chute, it's a good reminder for me <laughs> of why I don't want to just do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 I get the vet comments, too, about black Burfords Man, these these guys are a whole lot calmer than your shorthorns. <laughs> and I've had that a couple of years, uh, comments like that. So uh, anyway, they are pretty docile.
0: OK, so I want to keep this pretty open ended to you. And just kind of tell us about what you first started noticing in your calves and how it developed from there. Because I have to tell you, we had a neighbor who had been in the Hereford business for generations. And when all this first came out and we started hearing about this disease, we called him up and they immediately went, oh, is that what's happening over here? I think it connected a lot of dots for a lot of people. So what did you first start to notice and then how did it develop?
1: Well, I want to, uh, So, before I kind of jump into, you know, the early days, I, I wanted to set some history straight for, for everybody because <clears throat> MSUD has been around since the 80s. It's very deadly and it is not fun to deal with. Um, it's, so it's been in the ABHA since day one. And how do I know that? Because I have a straw from the first bull registered and he is a carrier. So we have had MSUD in the Black Herefords since day one. So if you think about 1997 was when that bull was was, uh, born, it took 20 years for this group of members to find that MSUD problem even though it had been around since the eighties. And then it took another two and a half years to bring it public and to put in testing so that we could manage it. And because it was such a big deal, the American Hereford added testing within about a month of when we had the testing. So both groups got on it really quick and put testing in place. but. what's good about this MSUD as we'll go through the story is that it has a really fun ending. So it's not all doom and gloom, although it felt like that for for a lot of years.
0: Well, I just think it's really cool that what you were able to do not only changed the black Hereford breed, but had impacts to the Hereford breed as well. You know, we weren't the redheaded stepchild then, then they were willing to look at our stuff.
1: (laughs) Right, right. But so, you know, those that those early animals that I started with. In the end, I figured out two thirds of them had MSUD. So while I had six and one, the six cows and one bull, one of the cows died that winter. So I had six animals left, but two thirds of that group were carriers, including, including my bull. Ouch. So yeah, but yeah, but uh, I didn't know that. so, so, the early years, um, and granted, you know, when you raise jerseys, they're they're pretty temperamental group, uh, you know, not strong willed to live, and then you have the calving issues that can come with some of the shorthorns. So we had, you know uh, death loss and uh, experienced that. So, you know we had a we had some losses with the Black Curpers, and we're like, well, this is just you know part of the game, right? We've been doing this for a few years now, still really learning you know being within our first 10 years and you know th- then then the second year came and the third year came and because they had three boys during during calving season they were checking twice a day and our farm is set up in a um intensive grazing situation operation so i have you know water and and fences and all the pads and so uh our house sits in the middle of our of our farm. So of course my wife wished me to maybe not done that. Cause now then we get the flies, you know, are, are everywhere. But, but anyway, the boys would check, um, twice a day. So, so we were really able to watch versus somebody who might have several farms and have to travel around and only get over there a couple of times a week. We were set up to watch, uh, to watch very closely. And so when we started having some of those repeat losses, it, it's like, and this is kind of like the one we had last year. You know, the first, first 24, 12, 24 hours, you know, it's alive, it's up, no problem. And then all of a sudden, it goes down. And so you haul it up to the barn, you can't get it, it's lost its balance, its eyes are starting to glaze over. Um, and you struggle for several days trying to tube feed it, trying to get it to, you know, c- come around. And uh, it just it just never does. Um, also, we started to notice that the hair was a little shinier than normal mm-hmm. and a little more wavy than than normal. And so I don't I didn't notice that in the early years. But by the time these things started repeating, i you know, I'd be I was like, oh, hey, watch that one, boys. That one kind of seems like its coat's a little shiny. Watch that thing for tonight, the And then there would be it'd be down. And uh, so after you have a couple, three years of this, and and I was only probably getting one or two a year because we also started to AI, uh, you, you know, uh, Red Hereford's into our, our group. And so I, I wasn't getting a, a lot of all natural bred calves. And um, about, about well, uh, fourth year into it, um, I mean, I don't know, Most some people know, some don't. I mean, I'm a CPA by trade, so finance, numbers, I enjoy data. That's kind of my, I guess that's what accounts like to do, right? Play with, play with numbers a little bit. So I was looking through my calves to see, I was looking at the ones that were naturally born versus those that were AI born, and I noticed that I had lost. About twenty-five percent of the natural-born calves, and it was like bingo. But the light, the light went off because it's just like our color matrix on a hetero bull and a hetero, mm-hmm. you know, colored female. You got twenty-five percent that'll be homo homozygous. Twenty-five percent it could be red, and then the other two, you know, it's still a hetero. So it's the same thing with MSUD. Uh, if you have two carriers, that's going to be the impact. One will be completely clean one will be dead and the other two will be carriers so the light went off that I had a genetic issue, but I still didn't know what it was so um I started to ask around I, I got hooked up with the university um the first university I was a swing in a mess they had no clue no clue what it was and uh You know, and I'm still having these, you know, a couple calves every year. So now I'm in year five. So then I'm getting ready for year six. And uh, 2016, um, I'm at the Iowa Beef Expo. And I run into a guy by the name of uh, Dr. Don Hover, who owns the SEK Genetics down in Galesburg, Kansas. I don't know if you've ever run into him or not, Mm -hmm. but he has an AI school and I've been to that. Well, he just eats this genetic stuff up. So he says, go, come come back at noon. He says, we'll go to lunch. He says, I want to hear, I want to hear everything, you know, because he was just fascinated. So I came back at noon and we went and had lunch and we sat and talked and he said, you've got to contact Dr. John Beaver. He's at the University of Illinois, or that's where he was at the time. Um, He goes, he's the best. I go, he works with Angus, he works with Herford Shorthorn. He goes, if anybody in this country can figure that out, it'll be Dr. Beaver. So, I had another little hope, you know, spur up there again. Um, um, so, 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 in the next 30 days, I, I called Dr. Beaver. So, this is, you know, March timeframe. And uh, I explained everything that was happening, what I was seeing, you know, the frustrations. Is like, you know, what what we, we do? And he says, "Well, here's here's the plan. Here's what we're going to do. So as you come across these calves that you have just now described to me, and they have this same these same symptoms this year, and they die, he says, I want tissue from both parents, and I want you to give me one of the calf's ears. Kind of gross, but it's science, right? But he needed those he needed those three DNA samples, and wouldn't you know it? Right away, the first thirty days, I had a couple dead calves." So I sent him off and uh, he calls me back the 1st of June. Now it's 2016, so now I've been fighting this thing for like six years. And he's he's got the good, bad, and ugly report. He says, I, the good news is I know what it is. He says, but the bad news is MSUD. And I go, I don't know what that is. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna read here kind of uh, what I wrote down because there's I won't do it justice if I try to do it from memory. But MSUD defined it was first discovered in 1986. It scientifically it is a deadly class one lethal abnormal liver disease where the liver is unable to break down complex amino acids known as proteins, which they get from their mama, right? And then the calf will fall into a coma due to brain swelling, unable to eat, death occurs from the lack of nutrition within a few days.
0: And there is zero survivability, right?
1: No, that's right. right. It's zero. Yeah, you can be a carrier, but if you're right. what they call affected, that means you got the MSUD from both parents and it's, it, it's, a, death, it's a death curse.
0: So I have to ask, you know, the, the full name, maple syrup, urine disease. Where does that come from?
1: It's because the urine smells like maple syrup. So crazy. Yeah. Now I don't, I didn't really experience that smell.
0: (laughs) You weren't sampling?
1: I I wasn't sampling and I didn't need to prove that out. I just kind of took his word for it. (laughs) Yeah, that's where it comes from. So, so now, so here we are. We've just discovered this ugly disease. I said, so now what do we do? And he says, we're going to test the entire herd. But if you remember, testing didn't come around till 2019. So I was like, well, what are we going to do? There's nowhere to get commercial testing. He says, I'll run it. He says, you go get a vet out there. You get a blood sample of every animal. You send it in here and I'll test them all. Uh, And because those guys... Those geneticist guys, they kind of have labs on the side for like their experiments and stuff that they want to look at. Yeah. So anyway, I had 43 cows, calves, and bulls. I had 21 carriers out of 43. That made me sick. Um, He says, but don't worry. He said, uh, I'll do private testing over the next few years. I'll help you through this. We'll figure out who's affected. And uh, we'll help you clean clean thing, things up. So his advice was priceless, and I kind of want to share it with, with this group. And everybody's a little bit different, but um, for, first he said genetic, genetic problems occur. They will continue to occur. He says we cannot panic when, when it happens. He says you need to develop a plan. And he says as you go forward, you cull those animals as it makes economic sense. So we don't have to fire sale all these animals because, you know, they've got a defect. So so that's what we did. It was I had some really nice bulls that you I remember just being sick as uh, we sent them to the feedlot. And uh, I just kind of like blocked that out of my memory, like some, you know, bad dream. But so our specifically so our plan was we moved to clean bulls. And I need need to pause on on that for a moment. So my first bull was a carrier, right? Mm -hmm. That I I bought. And at five years old, I sold him because they had a few daughters. You know, that's the right thing to do, right? Well, the second bull I had was from Black Hereford Straws I had bought. He was a carrier. So Mother Nature is really not liking me to be in this Black Hereford business right now. So...
0: Well there wasn't a lot of genetic diversity back in those days you know it wasn't like you had a ton of
1: options yeah that was the perfect storm for 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 what happened here but back to my plans i went to clean bulls i had to take my second bull which i really liked to the sale barn and then i took all my msud cows and they became receipts so now with half of your receipts you know sticking i lowered my carrier rate from 50% to 25%
0: Well, I just, I want to insert here how admirable I think it is that you did the right thing. I think there's a lot of guys that, you know, if this isn't known in the world would, would fly under the radar as long as they could before having to swallow that really hard pill. So I just, I think it says a lot about you that you kind of bit the bullet and did the right thing.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a first for it's a kind of a first thing for lots of us to have something like this. And you're kind of wrestling with all those, you know, what's the right, what's the right thing to do, you know, and, and at this, at this time, knowing where I had got my cattle, knowing that, um, well, well, hang on. I am maybe jumping ahead of my story here. Uh, let me, let me come back to that. So anyway, I did believe there was a serious MSUD problem in the ABHA. But I still love my Black Herefords, so I decided to move to Red Herefords, and I was going to flush them and put them in my my dirty black cows. Um, so I eliminated death by having a clean clean bull or clean cows. But I didn't get away from the MSUD. I missed I missed a fact in my strategy because I was using Black Hereford straws from other breeders. And I ended up with some dirty ones. So I got caught in the flushing straw business, you know? So anyway, but I fixed that a little, a little bit later, but, but anyway, so anyway, so all this happens, this is my change. I start buying red cows in 2016, trying to keep my program going. And so for the next couple of years, continue to, you know, expand my herd, working with D, uh, Dr. Beaver, cutting out, you know, the MSUD dirty calves. And then two years later in July 2018, Dr. Beaver calls, says, Do you still have any of those MSUD cows? I was like, Well, that's a weird question. Yeah, I've still got, I've still got a few left. And he says, Well, I have a children's clinic in Pennsylvania that is looking for MSUD cows. I'm like, what? Like. I, I need it didn't make any sense to me, so he hooked me up with the doctor Kevin Strauss, who's leading this project out there in the east. And so he and I talked a couple of days later. He's been studying MSUD 20 years, 20 years, and MSUD is in humans as well.
0: Does it have the same name, or do they call it something else?
1: It's the same name, okay. And it's a liver problem. The only way you get by it as a human is to have a liver transplant. Otherwise, you, well, a lot of those kids don't survive, but uh, it's, it's very high in the Amish and the Mennonite communities. They have a 10% carrier rate, or, or they did, you know, several years ago when, when, I, when I talked to Dr. about this. But he says in South America and the Middle East, it's also a big problem. So this is an issue in parts of the world and they have about 200 MSUD children in Pennsylvania that they treat and have on special diets. And I don't know how you survive without protein, you know, in, in your, in your food supply, but anyway, they were on, they are on the edge of a cure. It needs to be tested with cattle and, and, uh, if that can be successful, then the FDA may approve that or move forward with that. So, so that's how it all kind of came about, but so we agreed to participate, you know, in this, this program and we scheduled a field visit for August 29, 2018. So Dr. Kevin Strauss came, he brought his partner, Dr. Eric Puffenberger, and there was uh, four other folks that he he brought, a couple board members, a couple of parents that both had MSUD and had had, you know, it would be one fourth of their kids would would be. Right. Yeah. And then Dr. John Beaver also came to uh, to our farm. So uh, the day arrives. I mean, there's just the excitement, the energy was just, you know, off the table. Uh, there's so just so much to be learned that day. We tested every animal. They wanted to test Shorthorns. Everything they wanted to test. There was 143 animals that day. They tested them all. Uh, the conversations were scientific and medical. They were clearly way over my head, but I tried to listen and learn. Uh, several of my preconceived genetic uh, concepts that I thought were correct had major realignments after talking to these guys, uh, we talked about the MSUD and children. Um, you know, I learned that genetic problems can never be eliminated. Right. Never. And, you know, sometimes people think they can line breed enough that they kind of get all that out, but it, it, it never, never goes away. So anytime you line breed, or sometimes people will inbreed where one of the parents has more than a 50% relationship you're subject to risk and problems that you might you might have to deal with
0: well I always like in the cattle industry that we call it line breeding when it works and inbreeding when it
1: doesn't (laughs) yeah well there's actually definitions for that but yeah I know what you're saying
0: (laughs) this show is sponsored by HI slash cattle company Located in the Nebraska Sandhills, we offer registered Angus and Black Hereford cattle. With bull calves on the ground out of lines like Doc Ryan, Whitewater, and Bullseye 8201, this year's crop is worth keeping an eye on. H.I. Slash is currently offering semen on homozygous black Joe Gangster 0535. He's got fantastic carcass quality and growth and boasts three supreme dams in his pedigree. For more information, check out HI slash Cattle Company on their Facebook page or the website h-i-s-l-a-s-h-cattle.com. If you're interested in running your ad on the Black Hereford Chronicles, give me a holler. I can be reached via the Facebook page or by emailing me at h-i-s-l-a-s-h-cattle at gmail. Now let's dive back in.
1: Well, uh. So anyway, so the results started to come back in September from this 143 animals. So now my herd's been tested twice for MSUD. Uh, There were no surprises with the cows and the bulls, Um, but there was a few AI calves that were MSUD carriers. And I'm like, shoot, we forgot to look at the semen tank. So I went to my tank, I had six bulls in the tank. I said, here, you guys get a straw. I sent a straw for each one, each one of those bulls in. Three of those six bulls for carriers. Mm.
0: And were so, these red bulls and black Hereford bulls, or no, were they,
1: they? Those were, were just black Hereford bulls.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, three of the six. So uh shoot, you know, the percentages just don't go down. <laughs> And uh, so I guess, you know, here's a piece of advice I want to share with everybody about our approved herd sire rule. It works at the time the test is taken. But if after that test has been taken, there's new defects that come out, that approved herd sire bull could be a carrier of a new genetic defect. And so if people still want to sell straws, they probably should up their testing to cover that new defect. And likewise, if you're a buyer, either get some sort of guarantee from the seller that we know this one's clean because those parents or or those genetics are not in his pedigree. So that's just kind of a little, little heads up that the approved herd style rule, it works most of the time, but when you got new defects, you could be short handed uh by just blindly following that label if there's new defects that that have come out
0: well and i think that's great advice across all breeds you know if you're gonna put so much into your program that decision can make or break you oh yeah so you better be doing some
1: research yeah i mean i have Figured out what I kind of lost in this little you know episode, and and I'm a small breeder, you know, under 50, well the Black Herefords are you know under 20 animals, mm-hmm. and I can't imagine somebody that has 50, 100, a couple hundred animals how expensive you know that could be, but you know in my in my tank I had one of the straws from the first registered bull in the Black Hereford. That's how I know it was there from day right. one. Yeah, and he has over 200 progeny in our uh, in our association. So think about that baseline uh, how how it was really everywhere. And I think when we opened up our red genetic pool, if you remember those discussions mm-hmm. back in maybe 12 and 13, that helped dilute that issue quite a bit. But I bet uh, it was even higher than what we found here in 2000. Uh, Uh, 18, because Dr. Beaver was able to work with Neogen. We have had about 300 animals that had DNA samples there, and they were able to run some MSUD tests on those animals and found that there was over 13% concentration uh, on the animals that had been submitted for other testing, which is about one in seven or eight animals would be uh, a carrier. And of course, the American Hereford the group They tested about thirty thousand uh samples they had, and they were just under one percent, but their concern was they had a couple of very popular a i sires right. so they, uh, yeah, so they pulled the whistle real quick on that too, even though their concentration was less. They had some popular bulls that were were carriers so um you know. So Dr. Bieber and I we did talk about the ABHA and the MSUD and how, you know the concentration. He says, "You guys had the perfect storm for this and, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, Jen. Mm-hmm. Anytime you've got a new breed and a small pool of genetics and folks are line breeding trying to expand this this new breed, um, there's a risk there's a risk to that." But right <laughs> yeah but, like you know, dr. beaver says now, now all we need is is mandatory testing, and we'll get it cleaned up and we'll get it under control. so um, kind of easier said than done, but there's a, probably a few folks along the way that get hit pretty hard with it, but you know as a as a breed and association, we can clean this up and and move on for the most part and uh, be okay.
0: well, and so, I think it's important for um People to remember that the bulk of our customers, especially the bigger we get as a breed, are commercial breeders. And nothing yeah. is more important to the cow calf guy than a live calf on the ground. right? Those kind of losses aren't going to be acceptable. So if you're going in with some genetics that could potentially lead to a twenty five percent loss, yeah, that's just not going to be acceptable.
1: Yeah, and you know, since MSUD came out, um, there's been a new defect that MD, that jaw defect. I don't remember what yeah. the MD stands for, but it's kind of a uh, where, where the jaws um, kind of like a cleft palate, and, and the bottom is too long of the jaw and it can't nurse properly. You no, know, mm-hmm. I don't know if it just shrivels up and die, but that's that's not good if it can't nurse. But that MD is a new new one that came out, and uh, <coughs> wouldn't you know it my lead sire was from an MD was from an MD care. And I'm like, Oh no, not, not this, you know, not another round of this. So I think mother nature saw that she dealt me enough bad blows. I got a pass on that. So my, my herd sires were clean. Cause I had like 20 calves coming out of this one bowl and I'm like, Oh no. But uh, anyway, I weathered that one. I do have a couple of MD cows that I've kept cause they're, they're pretty nice, but, um, yeah, the bulls the bulls escaped that and msud wise i don't have the msud cow on the on the farm now i've kind of worked my way through all of that
0: well i would uh, imagine after all that you've got to be one of the cleanest people out there <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i've got you know I, i've been tested privately it's not documented in the in the digital beef system but i've been tested privately twice so i uh you know at least i know i know what i got now
0: do you find that now you look at calves with a more critical eye that you're looking for things that maybe other people might miss? Do you see kind of concerns more than you did before? Well, I I'm just thinking it would be hard for me not to, you know, always be working worrying about what's lurking around behind every corner.
1: Yeah. Well, that's ex- that was exactly my mindset during those, you know, first, uh, you know six you know years or so is every time you go out does this got that does it have that look and but now i've it's kind of disappeared because you know i know that you know the, the sires are clean and i know the females are clean so i uh you know don't worry about that so much so much anymore but you know it's funny i'm using the same strategy i used with my shorthorns, you know, weaning myself off of the shorthorns like I did when I had the MSUD. Because I'm going to use the, the shorthorns as recepts as I kind of age myself out of those cows. Uh, rather than throwing them away, they're really good mothers and uh, they're very fertile. So they'll probably have a higher percent of sticking on on the embryos. So I'm going to kind of go through this same exercise as I transition to, you know, full black herford breeder from the shorthorns. So um yeah so it uh it works you just got to be patient but i know some people you know they just want to get rid of their animals as soon as they're but it just depends where your program is and if you're still growing or if you're already grown and you have a limit you know whether you work through some of those um or whether you you know go ahead and cull them you know the next round
0: so then when did the ABHA start requiring testing?
1: It was in uh, March of 2019. Okay. And when yeah. did the Hereford Association follow suit? You know, I think they beat us by a couple of weeks. Oh, okay. I think it was like the last week of February, 2019. So really within weeks, both groups announced the mandatory testing.
0: How is it marked when you're looking at a pedigree for an animal, how is a carrier
1: delineated on that? Well, when you're in digital beef, if you go to the DNA tab, there is a record of any DNA tests that have been performed on that animal. It's got all the genetic tests required for uh, the approved Herd sire rule and MSUD is inside that her, that approved herd sire rule. So it's autom- every bull is automatically tested for that MSUD trade, and it'll tell you whether it's free or carrier or clean or not. Um, the MD is, which is new, is not part of our um, approved herd sire. So if you're concerned that the pedigree that you're checking on has MD in it, you would want to check and see if that has been an extra test that was added for that bull. But that DNA tab will tell you everybody that's, you know, whether they're clean or whether they're carriers. And if they haven't been tested, if, it's, if they have a probability of being a carrier. So the, um, the percentages don't go down as time goes on. Right it's always you know if you've got a carrier it's always 50% on her first calf and on her last calf with 50% chance and if that calf is clean then it is clean but if that next calf is a carrier then it's always 50% for the whole life of that of that calf with all the calves she has so it's kind of it's important to understand that math so you can uh, manage your herd you know accordingly
0: well, I just think it's neat to, to me, you pulled a little bit of a Sherlock Holmes, you know, a lot of us kind of have this philosophy and, and it's not wrong. If you're going to have livestock, you're going to have dead stock. It's something yeah. that I tell my kids every year when they're upset, you know, because yeah. it just happens. But to notice all those little things like, well, they all have a shiny coat or have you noticed the hair is wavier? I That's just next level
1: observational skills. That means I had too many MSUD calves. <laughs> <laughs> I probably had 10 or 12. I kind of was guessing. I mean, I don't have an exact number, but, you know, one to three a year. And then you just kind of remember. And, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, you just kind of pick it up. And, uh, of course, our, you know, a lot of things had to fall into place. The way our farms organized, the fact that all the cattle are here. Uh, the fact that I enjoy detail and, and, you know, and the fact that we were checking them, you know, twice a day. All those things lined up because sometimes I get busy and you can't get out and check for a few days. And if you have a dead calf, you have no idea, you know, what, what transpired. It's, it's just gone. Well, yeah, you got to hope you even got to it before the coyotes did. Right. Right. That is no joke. Yeah. Right. But, you know, I might also uh, tie in... Um, <clears throat> In terms of registering cattle, when you register all your cattle and a new defect comes into play and it gets put into the system, you'll find out real quick if that's in your pedigree and if it's something you should be concerned with. But if you don't register all your animals, when we get a defect, then you're kind of out there on your own. So there is a real benefit to registering cattle and keeping them clean and, and your and your herd clean is that when these things pop up, um, you know, they'll just flow through your pedigree and you'll find out which cows or which animals need to, you need to pay attention to.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, I like to ask everybody, it was Joe Hoagland's wonderful idea that I ask yeah. everyone that comes on. What is one thing you would change about Black Carfords?
1: Well, I've been singing this song for a little while, and uh, it has to do with whole herd reporting.
0: I was kind of thinking that's what you were going to say. <laughs>
1: yeah. B- okay, so explain
0: it to somebody who has not heard about this at all before. Take it to the very basics.
1: Uh, all right. So <clears throat> if we are really serious about data, And we have a lot of people that like to voice their opinions about our EPDs and how good they are or not good they are, problems they see. So I assume there's a lot of people that EPDs are important to them. Well, then you need to have the data on every calf recorded. And in fact, I had somebody at my farm not too long ago. And I said, you know, when you throw away the bottom half of your herd, and they only record the top half, your 50% animal now is in the bottom, 5%. Mm -hmm.
0: And that's a hard one for people to wrap their minds around.
1: I know, I know. And if you just think about the math a little bit, and then so here's an animal that's in the top 25% of your herd, but because you threw away the bottom half, he looks average. Right. So, I feel like this is kind of an oxymoron in that I I sense our association is very serious about EPDs. And I've said this on board calls before, I go, guys, if we are very serious about EPDs, then we have to be serious about whole herd reporting because those are contrarian points of view. You can't have one without the other. And so I think they've got that message. but how you deliver it and, and how you educate everybody about it is still, you know, something that needs to be played out. But I think if we really want the best EPDs to show for art, we need to have every animal recorded. Um, and uh, so that we know really who are the average and who are the top quarters. And and uh, then, then I'll know we're serious about uh, EPDs. The Shorthorns did this about 15 years ago in the early 2000s. They got really into genomics and, the, you know, EPDs. They were really pushing this. And that's when they realized they needed to build a whole herd reporting because they needed every animal recorded in their system. So they, you know, they're bigger than us. They kind of learned that the hard way, you know, what the need was. But that would be that would be my my request or or my desires to see us move to a whole herd reporting so that we could collect data on on every animal in the breed. So we really know who the top players are and where we want to take our herds.
0: Well, and something I keep trying to figure out and, and I don't have an answer to is a way to incentivize that. You know, how can we better incentivize people to submit the data? And I don't know yeah. what the answer is, but there's got to be something out there.
1: Yeah. Well, I think some of it might be in, in our pricing structure that that could be not necessarily more expensive, but less expensive per animal might be a little bit more overall. But I think there's 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 some uh, studies that we need to do around the pricing to to have it be kind of a win win for everybody. Um, so I, I well, think- and I know
0: Angus is introducing or recently has an option to kind of do one or the other as they're trying to to introduce over reporting and encourage it more and that's yeah. not a
1: terrible idea yeah and then that way it gives people time to to adjust and to think right. about it and it's, we're not forcing it on people but we give it you know give them the opportunity help them understand what it is and then you know over time as you kind of get some momentum going uh, I think it'd be a real healthy move for you know our association at, at some point absolutely yeah well
0: Thank you so much. I really appreciate that you came on and that you wanted to talk about this. It is really interesting stuff. And thank you for doing that hard work and digging in on MSUD so that we could figure it
1: out. Well, uh, you're welcome. And, and thanks for in, inviting me on here. I uh, had, had many, many times where I thought I was losing and, and not going to you know win at the end of the day, but man, a nine-year journey that was... Uh, uh, you know, we made it and, and now hopefully we can share that with other folks and uh, uh, and we'll know better how to handle the next, uh, you know, genetic DNA issue and uh, our breed can go forward. And and uh, I mean, guess what? I mean, we impacted the red, the red group, too, with this. So,
0: well, now you've got all the patients and you're the expert, so we can just send everybody <laughs> your way.
1: Well, I don't know about that, but I'm glad <laughs> to help. I'm glad to help if I can. Well, thank you. You're welcome.
0: Thanks for listening. You can get in on the conversation over at our Facebook page at Black Hereford Chronicles, where we'd love to hear from you. Of course, don't forget to leave a review wherever you get your podcasts.